Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Hustle Show. I'm here with Naira, and she is the owner of Spring Hill Digital, and it's like a whole agency, right, that you use uh, specifically, and I would say especially advertising, uh, but you do a range of other things as well. And so you have a very impressive lineup of things you've done. You have a very long history in it, really just starting from the beginning of before digital marketing and advertising was really a thing. And so you've kind of got to live through all the iterations of it. And I'm sure on some level, um, that kind of keeps you on the cutting edge of things because it's always changing and you're used to that already. So uh, I'm very curious about your perspective, both as a business owner, which is really what we talk about a lot on this show, but then also just like legit perspectives that you have on digital advertising now, since it's changing practically every other day. <laughs> so, um, so, so I'd love for you to give a little bit of introduction as far as who you are and some of the details that I missed as far as uh, some of your history in digital advertising and being a business owner. Yes. Well, thank you for having me on your show, Stephen. Um, yeah, so I have been in advertising for a while and I started in direct to consumer and um, basically in commercials. Mm -hmm. And so I've always done performance marketing where we got calls and orders and we could follow the script that we gave, gave to the customer service representative and we knew when people will drop off. So um, every time that we saw this data, we could change it to make um, different decisions in the media placement. And it was not only TV, I've worked on campaigns and on accounts that had, um, uh, as an example, uh, magazines or direct mail pieces, uh, or in the early stages, email campaigns. Mm -hmm. So when um, Google Ads and Facebook started to pick up as a very popular place to do advertising, I made the switch from the more traditional avenues of advertising to digital. And so that optimization that before it, that it, it took weeks and we thought it was real time, now it took just in the same day. Um, I could do the same optimization, I could actually change creative, and, and now within hours I can do that. Uh, so something that got me hooked at the very beginning, which was data in marketing, just it just got better. And that's why I went the digital advertising route. And um, I finally just decided to um, set my own, start my own um, company to help small and medium uh, businesses. Because normally small and medium businesses have smaller budget, but bigger needs. And they tend to get lost in big agencies just because, you know, their budgets are small. Right. So um, I love small businesses and I wanted to help these entrepreneurs and get uh, the same attention that they would in bigger agencies. Absolutely. So we certainly love to talk about the small business journey because uh, specifically with being an owner, mm -hmm. uh, because it is a leap of faith. It's challenging. It is, it's a lot of things. Um, and so for people who like go down that route, uh, certainly I got respect for them and sympathy for them. <laughs> and um, so what is it? So you, you've worked in agencies before, mm -hmm. right? And so what is it that made you make the leap? Was it that the, 
agencies you're working on were too big and so they weren't serving the clients like you wanted or what was kind of the, mm -hmm. what launched you into doing that? You know, what's funny is the agencies that I was in, um, they, they were small when I started and by the time I left, um, they were very, very big, especially the first one, the infomercial one. Um, it's, it's one of the most respected infomercial agencies in the country. And, um, so I saw what it was to go from a very, a very specific kind of, um, attention to clients to, um, a different one. And also once you start growing with the agency, which it was fantastic, they, they're both great agencies. Um, but once you start growing, you get farther and farther away from the data and the day to day. And mm -hmm. I was managing people, which is great, but, um, it was farther away from that optimization and that data that I was uh, in love with. So um, that's why I started Spring Hill Digital as well, to continue being close to that data, to continue being close to what's happening every day. And I, I find a lot of excitement in, oh, a new algorithm, or they made something and now we have to figure out. I know it's a headache for if you're doing your own advertising, but for me, it's exciting. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically why. And Spring Hill Digital is a little bit different because we do not have employees. We have a network of contractors where we put a team specific for your needs. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if somebody needs email marketing, we can get email marketing specialists. Um, if you do not need email marketing, then you do not need that team, me the team member in your um, in your project. So right. that's how we can be very nimble, very flexible to what each company needs. Okay. So then I think that begs the question is the fact that you have that group of contractors, how you're able to like increase your revenue without making those small businesses disappear. Like how, how are you preventing that same thing from happening to your agency that mm -hmm. you saw happen with, the other ones that grew significantly yeah well that's a great question because they're contractors and we have we can scale with the business um we're able to keep specialists in each team mm -hmm. so um there is um i mean there is a point where we will have to rethink maybe our model but um we try to keep the model alive and we try to keep that personal touch uh, yeah. So um, I'm not using the same Google ads person for everybody because they're, you know, very good for a very particular kind of account. So in that sense, I create smaller teams right. that, um, that can work in our clients and still give them personalized attention. That's awesome. No, that's cool. You don't want to, you don't want to become the very thing that you uh, were trying to avoid, you know, mm -hmm. and it's easy because as a business owner, you kind of are under the obligation maybe, or maybe at least feel the pressure to always be growing. But mm -hmm. certainly um, I've talked to a couple business owners where like, Hey, you know, like my business goes this far and no farther. Um, and that was their personal choice. You know, they were, they were wanting to work alone, like, you know, mm -hmm. no employees. Um, and I don't even think they do any contract work really. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that was for them. So I was just kind of curious what your take was on that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and Stephen, we've had the, the opportunity to decide to go for huge contracts that will require us to eliminate that personal touch and uh, we've decided not to go after such relationships. Also, one difference is we're partners and I know a lot of people say, oh, we're partners in this, but we really meant it. So if our opinions count uh, as much as you will, you know, uh, actually count from a partner, then great. If you want us to be an order taker, then then we're not the right company for you. We're not the right agency. And there's bigger agencies will be able to serve those clients. Smaller agencies, I have to pick and choose sometimes, like going back to that initial thought of why did I create a Spring Hill Digital is, you know, and just maintain that core in untouched, that core belief. And yeah, we've had times that we had to decide, is it money and growing fast or is it staying um, where we want to be? Right. I, there's so many different ways I want to go from this because you said so many things that I really, really love and connect with because um, we actually just um, wrapped up shooting like our landing page video, like bio video for our website. And in that, I was very intentional with the wording to use the word partner, mm -hmm. which is what you use, which I thought is so fantastic. And so for me, and it sounds like you as well, that that difference is like, because of the fact there's a relationship, there's an investment outside mm -hmm. of just money, there's an emotional investment, there's a time investment. And because of that, you're able to give certainly much more personal, uh, but also better results because of the fact yeah. that you have like this long-term relationship with them. And certainly, uh, and I'm sure you've run into this too, uh, you run into people be like, oh, like they did something for me, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And it's like, okay, well, did, did you guys talk about it and fix it the next time? Like all, all people end up having is like a dozen have decent experiences and it's kind of like well yeah if you're not like revisiting with someone over and over again that's going to be really hard for you to nail down exactly what you want um, exactly. has that has that really been your experience as well because i know that certainly has been for me yeah yes ex absolutely we um we want to listen to what the client has to say and we want to be listened as well so yeah. um that is if, if if the client doesn't speak up then then we don't know what they want right and what it's good for one company doesn't mean that it's good for another or it fits their personality so we're constantly asking questions that will help us serve them better and um, so sometimes as i said there are people that will just tell you what to do and you have to do it and there right. are people that don't even know what they want so they they're <laughs> like well you tell me i'm like no 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 i'm gonna teach you to fish <laughs> so that right. you can eat fish um and so we ask very um, difficult questions sometimes. And uh, yeah, and not everybody likes that either. So if, right. if the flow of a conversation is important for you, if you wanna be a partner in your own advertising, then, then we're, we're a perfect match. Um, if you're on one, one side where you just want it done and don't want anything to do with it, then, you know, maybe there is another place that you can go and, and that's fine. It right. is fine because there is enough good agencies out there um, to, to meet the demands of everybody. Right. Absolutely. 
And I mean, to me, like I just go back over and over again to the whole thing of like a business relationship isn't much different than like a regular relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you, you develop a good relationship with someone because you have honest conversations because you ask hard questions and like get honest answers. Like it is no different in business. You know, if a customer is not able to articulate what it is they want, it's so hard to deliver on that because there's a breakdown in communication. And so then you give them something and they're like, oh, that's not what I wanted. But they also didn't know what they wanted either. So it's kind of hard and ends up never working out for either person uh, because there's never that um, defining the relationship talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you don't want to find out 15 years after marriage. It's like, oh, actually, I didn't want kids, but I have five now. Right. <laughs> so it happens. It, 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 yeah, it happens. It happens everywhere. And um, I mean, these conversations are not painful. They're actually, I think that most of our clients um, really welcome these conversations. Yeah. And they're, they're very affable. They're very, very good because that helps them in the rest of their business as well. And it's like, oh, I never thought about this. Um, you know, I never really considered this other thing. And we have those conversations while pushing them out of their comfort zone a little bit every time. Right. If you're not pushed, you do not grow. So uh, we help a lot of startups as well. And uh, startups have um, a lot of emotion. They have a lot of passion, but sometimes they don't have a clear path. Mm -hmm. So that's where those conversations are very important. Just to say, okay, I know what you're trying to do and it's amazing. However, you know, let's sit down and make a path for it to happen. <laughs> right. And that's exactly why someone hires like someone like you, because it's like for them, like you said, it's they're on a, a, a path that's passionate, but not necessarily full of direction. And so for you to be able to like sit down and say like, hey, like what about this direction over here? I think does help them in every single area because if you're sitting down and saying like, Hey, like, how would you like the tone of voice to be in this copy for this ad? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know. Well then like, how are they going to blog? How are they going to write copy for their website? How are they going to do social media posts? If like they go from, uh, you know, all our tone is sarcastic to super informative. And then it's like, that would be confusing. But now that you work through it together with them, they begin to piece that together and say like, no, our tone is, upbeat but informative and and now that informs everything that they make yeah absolutely so you talked about how saying you've had to say no to like some of the larger clients depending on their needs um mm -hmm. because of the style of business you want to run what other things have you had to say no to that were kind of difficult or maybe non-typical yeah um so I've had to say no to relationships that this is the, 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 the hardest one, um, to a relationship that evolves in a different way that you wanted it to evolve and knowing when to stop that relationship. I'm a person that I know I can optimize everything. I'm a logistics major. So I love optimizing and getting more efficient and it's like, okay, this is not working. Um, how can I make it better? And, uh, you know, at some point you have to realize that maybe the style of management doesn't match up and, yeah. you know, you have to let them go before things become worse. Um, and, and that is a very difficult thing to, to do. 
and, and it happens to no fault of anybody. Um, sometimes it happens because there is a change in management. And so, you know, the person that you used to do things with that knows you, that knows how the relationship was established and, and how things go, um, all of a sudden it's no longer there and uh, the new person doesn't like your style or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, which happens with everybody. So I, I have a hard time letting go just because of that optimization mentality that I constantly yeah. have. And uh, so having to say bye is always painful. And that's the hardest lesson I've, I've learned in my years of uh, business experience. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's optimizing people a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If not yeah. impossible. If not impossible. <laughs> well, and, and he was never make, wanting to make them change. It's just yeah. realizing at some point that the relationship itself couldn't, couldn't be optimized. It was just a mixed match. And, uh, right. you know, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason there's McDonald's and Burger King and Jack in the Box and Carl's Jr. is because mm -hmm. they're all burgers, but they're all a little bit different. And, you know, not that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of similar in the sense that everyone's different. And it's not that someone else is worse or better. They just work a different way, think a different way, believe a little bit differently. And, and that's mm -hmm. okay. And there'll be someone for them. Carl's Jr. Yeah. gets business every single day. Maybe not as much as McDonald's, but there are people that are happier going there. And so yeah. it's like, they'll be, you'll be happy and they'll be happier with yeah. a different relation, business relationship for sure. Exactly. So was it, so you're, you're obviously kind of, you know, you, I think you mentioned uh, SEO a little bit in um, some of the stuff you sent me, but uh, why did you end up going down the advertising route? Is it because of your passion for the data or how come not copy or just straight up like on page SEO or why did you end up going mm -hmm. more the advertising route? Yeah, that's like actually an excellent question because I've done a little bit of everything and I always go back to my Excel spreadsheet. That's when I knew <laughs> that I was like, I really like the data. Yeah. So um, some people look at a spreadsheet and they just kind of, go running and i'm like oh my gosh what can we learn from these <laughs> so um and the fact that you can just i see paid advertising in especially in digital just like a chess board where you just move the pieces and then you get different results so yeah i go back to that optimization mentality of how can i do these more efficiently and um yeah seo technical seo um, has evolved a lot uh, since I touched it last um, and a lot of it base, is based on content right now. So I love content, but um, you know, writing is not, it's not my passion and mm -hmm. recognizing your limits is it's important. So when we do creative for uh, our clients, we can do all the way from creative media optimization, um, even some email consulting, when we do it, I hire somebody that is better than me. Yeah. And everybody that is working with Spring Hill Digital is so good at one thing that they're better than me. Therefore, um, you get the best person at that time. So, yeah, that's why I did paid media. I love the algorithm. I love playing with the algorithm. <laughs> 
Well, there are your special breed then, because you're right. I think most people turn tail when they see a, uh, a Google spreadsheet. So it, it's, it's nice to know. I don't necessarily like the process to get there. <laughs> so, so bless your heart because gosh, people need you. Because uh, most people are not going to want to do that. And there's, you know, there's definitely a skill to it. Definitely mm-hmm. a skill to it. Um, so, you know, you, you brought up advertising. Mm-hmm. And certainly even on our podcast, there's been large debate on um, the validity of some forms of advertising. Like we've definitely hated on Facebook advertising before. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly there are a gazillion people who are having great results and just as many who say that it's the worst and you should do a different form of advertising. So um, where do you kind of fall? Do you just pick whatever seems to work best, like what the client's most comfortable with? Are there certain areas that you're kind of pulling away from and pushing towards as far as where you're doing advertising? Like obviously there's Mm -hmm. TikTok advertising. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a new thing. Um, so do you find yourself like pushing and pulling in any sort of direction? Um, yeah, I always go back to the objectives of the client and their budget. Mm-hmm. So, cause if they have budget to do everything, let's do everything. But normally they have a limited budget. Again, I serve a small to medium businesses, so they yeah. have a small budget and they have very specific goals. So depending on the goal, then we'll choose a channel. As an example, the difference between paid social media, which will be your Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, um, you know the audience very well. So I can very well target a very specific type of person or in LinkedIn, a very specific type of professional. Um, But I don't know if it's the right time for the product. So Mm -hmm. I know the who, I just don't know so much about the when. So um, in that sense, branding is perfect on social, on paid social media. It's a place where like very visual content will go a long way. However, Google ads or Bing ads, um, those are great because I know the intention. They are, they're intent based, mm-hmm. meaning they are searching for something. So I know the when, I know that now they're looking for snow tires or now they're looking for ice cream but I do not know as well who they are. So um, Google Ads is really good for offers um, that are happening right now, like 20% discount on a specific product, or um, you know, if it's seasonal, then I know people are gonna be looking for it. Um, not that it's not good for branding because it is, but it is very good for a specific action. You want mm-hmm. them to take a specific action and they're looking for that. Um, and so we, we have these conversations and that's where we, I, we find out sometimes that clients have not thought about it all that much. Uh, and so we just have the conversation of what do you wanna achieve and in how long, what's the time frame? So Google ads, as an example, is very good for like getting the long hanging fruit because it's just people that are searching for the topic. Mm-hmm. The harder part is whenever you want them to do an action, but also increase your brand awareness. Mm-hmm. So that's when we start looking around. And also, you know, email marketing is still works. It's still a thing, email marketing. And um, 
And that's a great compliment to any campaign that we do. So we look into their capabilities. Can you nurture leads if we bring you leads? Mm. Um, which is very important. If not, and then we have to nurture them within the platform, uh, then that's a different tactic. So there's a lot of pieces moving. Yeah. And, and that's where those conversations are so important. Yeah, and I think, and I, I've, I've kind of touched on this before uh, when I've talked to people is my, when I, certainly as I've been learning marketing over the past couple of years, you kind of learn something new, you get excited about it, you think it's, it's like the new shiny red ball, and then it doesn't quite turn out how you think. And like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it sounds like what you're saying is like, and this is a broad stroke, but like, like social media marketing is going to be great for brand awareness, but not necessarily like lead gen as a, not that it can't, whereas mm -hmm. Google ads is going to be, like you said, very timely, like they're looking for something, you know, they want to read a very specific article or they want to buy something or something like that. And then mm -hmm. in that case, not as much brand awareness, but definitely more legion potentially, or at least uh, driving sales directly. Um, as opposed to when I first started and it was like, Facebook advertising is awesome. It's awesome for everything, but then it isn't like not at all. At least not. <laughs> no. And like you said, and part of that's because yes, so maybe you run a great ad, but if there, you can't nurture it, then like, what good is it? You exactly. thousand bucks for no reason. Exactly. And it's not that you cannot do lead gen with social media because we actually have very successful lead gen um, campaigns on LinkedIn specifically. Mm, okay. So that's a, that's a social media platform where lead gen works really well. It's just that those, that lead generation, that lead that you get from social media, you're going to have to nurture it a little bit more mm. because as I said, is, is the CEO that you wanted, but it's not the time for your software maybe. So you continue nurturing, you continue educating them. And at some point that lead actually will become a sale, but it right. takes longer because they weren't in the, in the frame of mind. They just saw what you had to offer and they really were interested, but maybe it was not the right time. Where in Google ads, like you said, they are looking for a specific thing. So that lead generation, that's why I call it getting the low hanging fruit because now is the time you have to strike it. And normally the Google leads um, tend to convert much faster. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, uh, based on, you, you talked a little bit, um, in your questions when we talked a little bit ahead of time is, uh, being able to do things on like a, a shoestring budget, right? Having like a low budget system. What kind of just give us a, like a little bit of an overview. Cause I don't want you to give away the whole pie. You know what I mean? Um, what does, uh, what kind of stuff do you typically do when the budget's smaller? Uh, does that just mean the testing takes more time? Um, does it mean less platforms? Like what's your typical approach for that? Yeah, you know your stuff, Stephen. <laughs> um, yes, that's, that's what it means. It means that we can test less and we have to test for longer. Mm. Um, and also that our learnings are going to be much slower to accumulate. So our optimization will be slower as well. Um, because in testing, there's so many variables that we have to test that um, until I have touched upon all of them, uh, you know, the optimization just stalls a little bit. Right. Uh, also, it is looking for the channel that is going to give you the most um, results. 
for every dollar so that we can fund other uh, things in the future. So if I get you sales really fast, then that means that you will have more budget for us to try another channel, to push the creative, to set up an email nurturing. Um, so it is evaluation of channels, evaluation of how much time is going to take us and um, just set uh, realistic expectations. If you spend $5 a day on Facebook, don't spend a thousand sales uh, that day because that's going to be very difficult to achieve. Right. So then when you say the time frame is longer, like how long are we talking about? Like between say your average uh, well-funded uh, ad as opposed to uh, lower? Yeah, so a well-funded ad or campaign, we can start testing immediately and within a week, we will get very good optimal results that then we can improve upon. We, we have a lot of learnings. Um, with startups, as an example, that do not have a lot of money and where those budgets exist, I, it was, I was not exaggerating. There are people that spend $5 a day um, in Facebook. That's going to take kind of a couple of months, if not three months, to mm -hmm. really get a sense of, is your audience correct? Is your creative correct? Is it, you know, we start out of the gate with the best possible um, assumptions and based on our experience, but, at, right. but it is a game of adjusting all the time to your own product, to your own audience, and finding that optimal place takes time and it takes money. Right. Yeah, I think that's been my problem. Like when we've run ads for ourselves is to try stuff out and experiment a little bit. I feel like we're always just pulling the plug too soon, mm -hmm. you know, because we we're not spending like $5,000 to, you know, mm -hmm. discover who our, you know, uh, most uh, engaged people are on the ad to know like, oh, like this video is working better than this video. This thumbnail is working better than that thumbnail. And it's like, um, sorry about my cat. Um, I'm always more interesting to my cat when I'm doing something they're not supposed to be involved in. <laughs> um, but I always feel like I'm pulling the plug too early. And at that point it doesn't have, I don't think Facebook has enough data to work with to say like, okay, that's mm -hmm. going to work. Yeah, exactly. Certainly I, I not mean, for three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's really hard to, it's, it's nail biting, right. To yeah. see your results not being like out of the gate, fantastic, and just continue to spend money. But that is because the algorithm has to learn. As an example, Facebook needs 50 conversions in a seven day period. So if you say, I want, I want leads, it needs 50 leads in a seven day period to really fully optimize and, mm -hmm. and know where it's going next. Um, and it just needs basic data. So, in that sense, you know, the algorithm is trying to find where to go next, but it just doesn't have enough time or enough quantity of data. Doesn't. Totally. So that makes sense. That explains why it's uh, the results have been a little uh, less than exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes I'm, doing like, I'm doing like three <laughs> weeks instead of three months because I'm just like looking at my Facebook bill and I'm like, uh, I don't th I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yes, exactly. And and in that sense, in Google Ads, we recommend like at least a month um, mm -hmm. before we can start saying this is not working, especially if the budgets are small. Yeah. And and believe me, it's even hard for me because we're in a partnership. I care about your business, right. so I'm 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 biting my nails. I don't have long nails. I bite my nails <laughs> looking at the results. I'm like, right. Oh my gosh, 
come on, algorithm, you can do it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, and I think it's like that communication, like what you talked about earlier, where it's like they have to understand the expectation of like, I'm not going to have anything exciting to tell you for like two months and it's okay. That's normal. So that way you can kind of talk them over the ledge a little bit because anyone's going to be concerned. Like who's going to spend money on stuff that doesn't work? You know what I mean? Like, so after something's not yeah. working for a full month, unless you have someone like you to talk them over the edge, like why yeah. would anyone keep spending money? You know, that'd, yeah. that'd be crazy. And the, the, the thing is, um, to that everything, even fail tests have something that we can learn from. Mm -hmm. So finding those learnings that is going to make their business that much better is part of why people will hire us instead of just doing it their own. Uh, because on your own, you're not a Facebook expert. You don't know um, those hidden learnings that we could tell you like, oh, okay, people are not converting the way you want it, but hey, you know what? They're sharing it in their own newsfeed. And this means that they're engaged with your content and they like what they're seeing so much that they put it on their own news feeds, right? right? Or people are liking your post and commenting. And these are the comments that are showing up. Um, let's learn from that. And so we've actually built whole communities through paid advertising for a startup where um, they just came in and their audience actually kind of didn't like them whenever they came to us. And oh. uh, because they were targeting first, they were targeting their own people. Yeah. Second, you know, sometimes your, your message is off. And so through paid advertising, through research of audience, through all this feedback, we were able to actually change the course of their marketing. And now they actually work with even influencers. Influencers will come to them and ask to collaborate. And um, now that's, that's actually a big part of who they are is their community. So I feel very proud of what we did with that particular company. Um, and it's done whenever you have good advice and good learnings behind your marketing. Right. Well, I mean, the market is the most honest feedback you'll ever get. And so yeah. then when you put something out there and everyone's like, boo, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's hard to stomach uh, yeah. because uh, it, it, it seems like based on what you talked about like there wasn't anything wrong with what they were doing it was how they were doing it and mm -hmm. who they were doing it with you know what i mean that was the disconnect it wasn't like they had some garbage product um you know what i mean it was that it was just the wrong people and of course you know the wrong person at the wrong time you've got an unhappy person uh but for the business owner that's still like a little bit of a mind trip <laughs> to try yeah. to get through and it's yeah like, especially a startup, a startup when they're trying to get profitable as quickly as possible. It's like, that'd be devastating. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> and, and to be honest with you, if they would have a stop with the previous agency, they said Facebook doesn't work for us, mm. then they would have missed out on what we could give them, which was the rest of the year. Like we changed in February and by April, they already had a, an amazing community that then we, they were ready to hear why we were selling to them. Right. right. So um, good thing that they didn't, I mean, again, the previous agency or uh, whoever they were using um, was targeting their wrong person, but right. they didn't give up. They just tried to optimize. And in this case, we were the optimization. That's good. Always got to keep pushing forward. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about Facebook, but what sort of 
like other have you guys been experimenting on some of the newer platforms like have you guys ran ads on tiktok or mm-hmm. I, that's just the only thing i can think of right now but just like some <laughs> of the newer ones that just because i only think about it because i think they opened up ads like months ago maybe i don't know mm-hmm. how long it's been it was certainly a surprise to me when i sur- saw my first ad on it um any just new platforms that you guys have been experimenting with mm-hmm. yeah we are actually gonna uh, start experimenting in some new platforms again we only give to our clients what they need mm-hmm. and we have not had a client where tiktok was a, a good um, channel so new channels come up and everybody gets excited should we be in it everybody's in it and yeah. I have, I have, um, I always recommend, yes, if your audience is in it, then let's go for it. But also there is the problem of, do you have the capability to create content that actually fits that channel? I do right. not believe on just taking whatever is working on Facebook and put it on TikTok because it won't work. Very so, different platforms. A hundred and you've run, so you know right? <laughs> well, I haven't ran ads on them, oh, but okay. I can say like as a consumer and as a creator, I have definitely felt the pressure of knowing that like the video I put on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn mm-hmm. is not even vaguely similar to the content that actually gets watched on um, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok. It's very, very different format. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like nobody's going on TikTok to watch something serious. No. You know what I mean? It's always like super happy or kind of like super sad, <laughs> depending on who it is. And so, um, or inspiring. And so mm-hmm. then when we go to make content, it's like, uh, like one thing that we did that was super fun is, uh, we did a video, uh, where I think it was like the, the Vogue challenge or something like that with different outfits. So like I did different outfits depending on like if I was meeting a client or doing a TikTok or on vacation, just like as something fun, which like is something I would never put on YouTube and would probably get like five views or something like that. But we put it on TikTok (laughs) because that's what people were doing. And so Mm -hmm. instead of trying to make a, you know, a square peg fit in a round hole, we just made content that fit. And that was like, it was lighthearted. It was fun. It was definitely not like professional but mm-hmm. if you put professional content on TikTok, it stands out. It's like, why is that there? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the audience and the intention of them being there. And yeah, so TikTok is, uh, it's on its own class and I, I'm watching it really closely. So as soon as I have a client that wants to go that far, I will go that far. Isn't it interesting I mean, I know it's kind of technically been around for a long time because it was musically first, mm-hmm. but isn't it interesting how quickly in its popularity it's gone to an older crowd? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like with some of the other platforms, like especially like the Snapchat, it's been like a long, like it was popular for a long time and then older people got on the boat. I feel like yeah. now it's like it went from like 14 year olds being ridiculous to like adults in like yeah. a matter of a year, which is super fast compared to some of the other platforms, I feel. Yeah, but think about it. So now a lot of people are, you know, inside their homes with uh, their kids. And it's like, so now I can see what you're doing all day. Let me see that. And a lot of them have joined in. So it's been forced right right upon adult people, like you say. (laughs) So yeah, I think that this year has been an unusual year for every platform. And TikTok benefited from that. A hundred percent. I think that's totally true. 
I, I can guarantee you there's been like a million moms who've been like, hey, I can dance too. Like, give me that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then the audience has accepted that as a, as a great piece of content. So yeah. um, it's, it's, been, it's been fun to see them grow. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so you, you've mentioned during this like time of COVID that, that that has sort of affected average, you know, or at least the platforms, how have you seen it affecting advertising? Like, has it changed the way you guys have advertised? Has it pretty much basically been the same, but maybe there's just more attention because people are home? Like how mm -hmm. has, like what sort of clever ways have you guys taken advantage of that? Yeah. So um, it was, it's been a roller coaster, let me tell you. So at the very beginning of COVID, a lot of brands pulled out because their message was off topic. So they had to go create more content. So um, in our case, our clients, a lot of them, their content was still relevant. So we took advantage of those lower cost per impression mm -hmm. and were able to maximize our budgets um, you know, distribution in between the channels. And we were able to reach a lot of people that way with the same budget so um in that sense we benefited a little bit from the exit of other advertisers right now and at the beginning a lot of people had a lot of time in their hands and they were able to get in social media way more than they would otherwise however things evolved and got more complicated and life at home got more complicated uh, yeah. And so what I see now is um, a lot of the patterns coming back in the costs. So Q4 is going to be more expensive. Um, but also I see a much less engagement. Okay. The people are way more distracted. And there is a lot going on, not only COVID, but um, before in the very beginning of COVID, time, lower impressions, great engagement and now people are very distracted and costs are going up so um, in that sense we have to work harder in the content that we have and we have to optimize much more than um, at the very beginning of this um, pandemic well that makes sense because people got kicked out of their offices but there were so many businesses and managers who mm -hmm. had not yet uh, developed what uh, a remote office would look like. And so then what do you do for work? You just kind of sitting around and yeah. that makes sense that now that businesses have matured over the past couple of months and been able yeah. to learn of what it lo looks like to function remotely. Yeah. All of a sudden people have to work again. Yeah. <laughs> then, people have to work again. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, oh, <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, especially on the B2B uh, side, because now businesses are planning, at the very beginning, it was like, oh, is this going to be a week thing, a two week, maybe a month? Maybe we can survive like this. But now yeah. they have realized that this is here to stay and that we have to make plans for long term. And if things go back to normal tomorrow, then great, we have a plan B. But they have planned for the remote working. They have planned for how their business looks for the future. And uh, so that affects um, a lot of the social media, especially in in what business are looking forward to do in 2021. Well, that is perfect lead into the next one, which is what are the plans that you have for the coming year, 2021? Well, learning TikTok. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna 
so Spring Hill Digital uh, is doing more and more of that creative uh, part that we talked about. We used to just place media and optimize based um, on creative that our clients gave us. And so we're going to expand into uh, being able to provide with strategic guidance and um, creative assistance, which makes for a better media results. Whenever mm -hmm. we know what's working, we know and we, we see um, the results and we read all the comments. I actually read all the comments that come into the ads, believe yeah. it or not, just to see if I'm hitting the mark. Oh and, yeah. And where copy should go. And so um, Spring Hill Digital is it's already has clients that we advise, but we're gonna actually do it uh, for more clients. And um, you know, the person that heads that is amazing. Um, and on new platforms, um, there's new platforms coming up that we have subscribed to be on the beta. Mm. And one of them is the self-serving ads for Hulu, as an example, uh, that's gonna be huge. Okay. And yeah, some other more e-commerce oriented platforms that we can advertise on. So yeah, we're gonna be busy on 2021. I believe it. Well, and it's so funny that you bring up the stuff with Hulu because literally like my, the last Digital Hustle Show interview that I did, um, a good friend of mine uh, works on OTT marketing um, with like a lot of those companies, not necessarily Hulu, but like some of the, especially some of the smaller platforms. And he's like, it is unreal the opportunity that's coming with those because, uh, because of the fact that like with TV, you're just kind of like putting it out there, right? And like, yeah. okay, maybe you're putting it on the Phoenix channel, but that's like as specific as it gets all of the demographics that you have with not all of them, but I would say like a lot of demographics that you have with like social media that everyone's come to love and appreciate and use are now going to start showing up in TV with um, like the Hulus and the uh, mm -hmm. crackle and all those other ones, which is really going to be pretty wild. And it's very fresh and new. Like it's yeah. not a lot of people are doing it. Um, so that's exciting that you're jumping in and I'm certainly getting curious to myself since I'm actually uh, creating the content mm -hmm. um, to, to try to jump in on that bandwagon while it's still young and still reasonably priced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reasonable-ish. Reasonable, um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how um, platforms will decide to be very expensive like Snapchat ex started with like you couldn't advertise in Snapchat because it was like oh minimum of $50,000 and I think Twitter did that too and then they reduce it right. and some others start on the low side and then they start making it very expensive. So uh, yeah, that's interesting. Right. So um, to uh, kind of jump over to something a little less serious, um, one of the last questions I usually like to ask people is what gets you out of bed every single day? What gets you fired up? Oh, I get fired up. Like the days that I want to get up <laughs> with a lot of enthusiasm are days where I'm going to do something new. Okay. Doing something new is always exciting. A new project, a new client. I always get excited about a new task. Um, anything that is new, it, it gets me excited because it has so many possibilities. So, um, and, and even with, with existing clients, obviously I love them, but just what, what, what next? What can we do next to make these even better? 
I am right. going back to that optimization part, right? It's like, what can we do to make it better? So that's what gets me really excited to get out of it. I believe it. So we have a planning guide that you can get totally for free. I will ask for your email address just maybe to follow up in the future. Um, I, won't, I won't sell that information to anybody, but you can get a three-page planning checklist. So basically we go in and we say, have you thought about the creative? The creative is important, the pictures, the copy, the call to action, all these little things that make a difference in your ad, um, but that you may miss and just try to wing it at the end. And that's when things go wrong. So um, your, to you and your listeners, uh, if you wanna go to springhilldigital.com, in the homepage, there is a planning um, checklist. If you're gonna do it on your own, go ahead and at least read it. And that way you know what to plan for. I think that's huge. I think for one, that's an awesome value given, I think for an email and then two, you know, like we talked about earlier, that's like something that they're going to take with them forever. Mm -hmm. You know, when they answer that question, like that's going to be something that's going to benefit them for a long time until something major changes in their business or something like what kind of creative you want to make is an incredibly important question to ask yourself and what your voice is and what kind of results you want to see. Because once you're on the same page with that and everyone's like firing on all four cylinders with that, then that's when your business, I feel like really goes somewhere. Like we're really going for awareness. Well then, mm -hmm. like you said, you're probably not going to do Google ads. Um, you know what I mean? You're going to be probably doing awareness campaigns on Facebook and creating a whole bunch of stuff and posting everywhere because you're trying to get your awareness up. But until you know that you're just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're just guessing. And knowing that helps you even once you go into the platform, because the platform is the first thing that either LinkedIn or Facebook, they actually, that's the first thing that they need for their algorithm to work is mm -hmm. what do you want out of this? And if you have not thought about it, that's the first roadblock that you're going to encounter. And you're like, ah, I don't know. And then leave. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Um, we'll probably put it in the show notes, but is there, so you can, we, people can find you on Spring Hill Digital. Is there yep. any, any other places that you're at regularly that you think people should check you out at? We publish a lot of content that it's always on our website, but we do publish in our pages in Spring Hill Digital in Facebook. And you can also find us in LinkedIn if that's, that's where you like to hang out. Um, the content is very similar and you can always uh, you can always go to our archives in our uh, website. So Spring Hill Digital will be the place that I will direct you to mainly. That's the hub. Yeah, springhilldigital.com. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I certainly appreciate your honesty and uh, your realness and the value that you shared today. So I think it's going to be super helpful, whether someone's just kind of curious or if... Um, someone is trying to really try to take their business to the next level. So, and they yeah. can, they can check you out online and, and start out with that sheet, which will be huge to get them yeah. started. So thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. <laughs>